Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. Do you start? I did. Okay. I did. Who's who's starting us off? Welcome to Legacy Matters. Hey, welcome to Legacy Matters. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks Another episode in. today. Tuning yeah. in or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Tune in your satellite to our <laughs> station. <laughs> Tuning it in like a old school radio is the uh, way I think of God, it. The, <laughs> but th- that's what we have in the studio. I know. I know. It's funny that I say that every time, and now I just say it. But. Our stereo, I which is kick-ass, by the way. I love your stereo. Yeah. You know, I think it's funnier that we explain it each and every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never explained oh, our the stereo? kick-ass stereo. I in, love the stereo. The this morning, oh, I was listening to the current, because that's normally what we have on. Yep. And then I was like, eh, Lame. different. It's well, I just, whatever. And I switch it over to classical, and it's like it takes a while to move that dial. It's very it does, satisfying. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's a... Uh, right? Yeah, I think it's satisfying, yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of nice. It's have it, to tune. It's a craft. It is you a know? craft. You know, you kind of got to tune right. in, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a All real right. art. Real well, art it's the three of us again. I feel like we haven't done this for a while, though. Shows? Me. I don't remember. You're, you're always either in wine country or... Yeah. <laughs> or and, 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 and are you defacing our brand new magazine already? Oh, my gosh. Already? No, not at all. Yes, okay. you are. Stop. You totally are. That's <laughs> Okay. I mean, we're not introducing so our guest yet, but Sarah's already defacing. Fidgeting. It's She's defacing. Sam, the, Sam she can't help herself. Right. Sam, She's Sam, embellishing. Sam, you mean Sam, Jim? Jim, and Sarah again. Hello, She's welcome. She's a little slurry. <laughs> She's <laughs> not slurry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, All right. Um, Jim, uh, weather report. Weather report. This is something that we do. Uh, um, it's a beautiful January day. It's mm-hmm. Monday. Mm-hmm. It's bright. It's sunny. It's crisp outside. Mm-hmm. It's it's, uh, it's it's really it's nice. nice. Yeah, it's like seven degrees out. No, it's sixteen according to my phone. Okay, warm enough. Like hot. Here comes the, the heat warm wave. Up. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, we do have a guest. Oh yeah. Wait. Yeah. What? What else? We've, we forgot. What? Thanks for listening. Oh, thank you for listening. And, yes. Uh, we, they, we, we, we need to come up with the beginning. I know, but we need to come up with some new challenge for them because because it is a little bit like like standing at the edge of the cliff screaming into the dark when you don't hear back from enough people. Sure. We God, we are starting to hear. So sensation. You can yeah. you can info at legacymatterspodcast.com with any good or bad comments. Oh, yeah. Or if there's someone you would like for us to have on as a guest. A recommendation you're would be welcome to we had a very nice gentleman leave us a nice review on our facebook page True. legacy matters which was very helpful or subscribe and also leave a review which we have videos out about that great okay there you go that's Good. all i wanted to say okay or ha- or have you say all right introduce our guest okay uh, we have pete sieve yeah you got it i did sieve okay hi Hi, Pete. Hi. Pete. Thanks for coming, Thanks for coming in. in. Hey, thank you, you for having me. It's you a pleasure. You are a kind of all over the place here. Meal Magazine. Yes. Just came out. Editor-in-Chief. 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 Mm-hmm. You're a musician. That is correct. You're a writer. I am. Are you a furniture designer? N- you know, I've dabbled. Ish? How did okay. you, where, where, where did you find that? It's on your website. 
I, I, no? for, I forgot that I have a website. <laughs> your website's pretty good. Wow. Some okay. of us do, some of us do research. Yeah, wow. That's impressive. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I screwed around with like making a few tables like a few years ago, and I realized, okay. like, you know, this is way too much work. And sure. It's the sanding. It's just too yeah. much sanding. The, these two oh, are the you know? furniture. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, once you get in the right groove, yeah. Sure. I, I kind of dig everything except that part, and I'm just so right. impatient that I'm like, eh. That's, oh, really? I, I yeah. like the sanding. Well, because no, no. I can put headphones on and, hmm. and just kind of, you know, sand. I, I mean, have, depending on what kind of sanding. Yeah, I have a good friend in the furniture building world, uh, Jason mm-hmm. Holtz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and our other office is in a furniture builder's mm-hmm. space. And I'll tell you what, it, it, you're like right. Santa's if workshop. you don't like sanding... You cannot get into woodworking. I think that's my that's my block. Yeah, that, no, that's that that's realm. a no go then mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah. that is uh, each of them spends a very large amount of time sanding wood. It's part of right. the thing. It's part right. of the deal. It yeah. is. Huh. Yeah. That's that's the part that takes me the longest when I'm making those wanigans too. Yeah. Those wooden boxes. Yeah, those look great. We- <laughs> wearable wooden boxes. I, I kind of want to try one on later. Can I do that? Yes. Oh yeah. Sure. Can. We'll get a photo. Yeah. They're pretty cool. <laughs> Um, so, so Meal Magazine, yes, oh, yeah. just Magazine. came yes. came out, right? Like it did fresh this month. Congratulations! Fresh, yes. Thank Congratulations. you so much. Congratulations. So this Magazine. is a, you brought us a couple of copies. Mm-hmm. Jim and I are the design nerds, it's and we're like badass. We love the paper. It's, yeah, oh, thank you. We love it's the design. A it's a very cohesive, yeah, heavy, heavy designed magazine. That's it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm so uh, gratified to, to hear you say that because yeah, that was the, the big color goal. is good. Yeah. I mean, the color is amazing in that magazine. Yeah, I, I owe a massive debt of gratitude to my my wonderful art director Jake Luck. Um, uh-huh. uh, we he's a guy I've known for like. 10 years we used to work at a coffee shop together and uh he's just kind of he and i are really simpatico in a lot of ways he's a man about town who he's a musician artist uh he dabbles in tons of stuff and uh Mm -hmm. when i first started dreaming about making a food magazine um he was one of my first phone calls and we had like a six-hour coffee meeting and got Mm -hmm. all pumped and he was Mm -hmm. just like firing off all these ideas and uh yeah he's he was kind of like uh i mean his his vibe and his 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 uh his whole aesthetic is kind of woven into the entire brand that we've created and the, the physical product and kind of the, the vibe that we try to present at our events mm-hmm. and, uh, and everything else. And it's steeped in a lot of like really geeky conversations that he and I had about, you know, the importance of great design and like mm-hmm. why we feel um, that, that these things are important and how it relates to what we're doing and the stories we're telling. So uh, he'll, he will be pleased to know he, that uh, you guys dig the design. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can't, it's, it's very good. Um, so, you. what is the magazine? How do you describe it? Oh man, I, I always I'm still like trying to refine the elevator pitch for this thing. But um, what I would say is, it's kind of a sneaky food magazine. Um, it's really mostly just a, a, a collection of deeply felt narrative stories about people and just kind of the weird ways we all bump into each other and how we. Uh, talk about identity and community and and culture and politics, but all sort of arrived at through the universal uh, through line of food. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, me and uh, I, I, I'd been doing food writing around town for about ten years. Uh, I was a staff writer at the Heavy Table. If you guys are familiar, that was a really great uh, website in town that did tons of tons of great food coverage in the Twin Cities and kind of the larger Midwest region. Uh, and that was. Um, run by a wonderful dude named Jim Norton, 
who is now the food editor at the Growler, and the heavy mm-hmm. table since then has has uh, sunsetted. Uh, but it was a hugely influential um, food kind of online food magazine in town, and I was lucky enough to write for it for a long time. Uh, and an, an, another guy who was on the staff there, uh, his name was Joshua Page. So about a year and a half ago, when when uh, Heavy Table kind of uh, rode off into the sunset, Josh and I kind of wanted to find another way to keep doing our food writing stuff, which isn't a full-time thing that we were doing, but we just loved to be in that world. Uh, so we just kind of started riffing on some ideas, and at first we started an Instagram account, we brought in some other really amazing people uh, in Minneapolis and St. Paul that we really respected in kind of the food writing world. Uh, that was Soleil Ho and Mecca Boss um, and uh, Paige Didora at the time. Uh, and we just kind of started screwing around on Instagram and it was really fun. It was like a very low commitment thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we it, it was just our way of like finding a new way to kind of tell our the stories we wanted to tell about food in a realm where a lot of the food coverage was kind of starting to be soaked up by you know quote unquote influencers mm-hmm. um and oh, i don't say that people. you know and i'm not saying that with any particular judgment uh, oh we do oh they suck <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I will say i will say a lot of them are, are really wonderful but i i do have a very cynical kind of view of like especially when it comes to you know, the food world, there's, there's, you know, like any other uh, slice of culture, there's just a lot of people who are, you know, kind of just proclaiming themselves to, right. to have, you know, they're just taking money to promote crappy yeah. products, mm-hmm. you know, like the new mac and cheese from Panera Bread that you can buy at Target and they make a post <laughs> claiming how they love it and cook with it at home and it's like, oh, come on, you know? Yeah. Right. So Josh yeah. and I kind of had this, we kind of <laughs> wanted to like shake things up a little bit and like, you know, to be honest, kind of maybe piss some people off and and yeah. we we were just kind of lamenting the lack of uh, authoritative food voices um in town like a lot of uh, that kind of got just it just disappeared into that weird influencer realm and where that sits today so we started doing that on instagram and it was fun and people started paying attention uh but over time this was like last winter i kind of started feeling like eh this is not like a thing that i think is like doable forever on this mm-hmm. platform and i kind of was feeling a larger ambition to maybe create a magazine. Um, and so we started talking about that and it started morphing into what is now right in front of you there, which is a right. 130 page printed, really a book. Uh, it is more it like is a, a book. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a it's, keepsake or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, it's something that you, that you keep. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we, I mean, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a keepsake. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not disposable. Yeah. No. yeah, so that was the goal. Like, early on, when I started thinking about this, I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a, a, a magazine called Lucky Peach. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really influential food magazine that was created by uh, the chef David Chang, who, he's a Momofuku guy mm-hmm. in New York, and like mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's got a ton of TV shows and Netflix and all that. He started that up with some other influential folks and really great food writers, and that was a very, it was a quarterly, really beautiful, like super fun, kind of had a very loose, like freewheeling punkish vibe but with really wonderful deep storytelling um anthony bourdain would write for it once in a while they just had like kind of the best of the best Mm -hmm. and that went under a couple years ago and i was so bummed out when it went away so i think the ambition to start this thing was was a combination of i've always been a huge lover of of magazines in particular Mm -hmm. they're just such an interesting and unique like uh format and and you know even since i was a kid i just loved like 
even, even crappy tabloids, I just yeah. want to like uh, give me that Entertainment Weekly. Uh-huh, I want to like flip uh-huh. through it. The tangible tangibility uh-huh. of it, and and that I think more than ever today is attractive to me as things are so. You know, I mean, we're just we're tethered soaked to the into the digital right world. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about all yeah. of this too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know, have our own. Uh, ambitions of doing something similar at some point sure. perhaps and and we've kept that on the back burner because out of necessity because i think and you mentioned this earlier uh like <clears throat> you're sort of aware of the fact that there, like these things go under because there isn't necessarily a ton of money in producing these sure. magazines but they're still awesome and younger people do like i think we miss the days when a magazine was something that you actually could enjoy because mm-hmm. now they're all advertisements from mm-hmm, front to back mm-hmm. like right right it's, yeah they've been ruined that way they have and i mean you know it just depends on the model that people are using i think which is like and i get it you know if you're trying to do a a, a week a free you know, monthly or a weekly or something you know i mean that's just that, that you plop a stack of three dozen on a stand somewhere i mean mm-hmm. what are you gonna do you know it's gonna have to be chock full of ads mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. right so we we our our big goal with this was to to try to find a way to do it that was like sustainable, and uh, and I don't know you know we'll we'll see because mm-hmm. <laughs> the goal is to do this biannually and already like trying to think of making this again in six months is a little daunting. Uh, it's very exciting and I'm pumped, but um, the sustainability part of it, you know, we'll we'll have to see where that that goes. So um, who is uh, who is this marketed towards? I think, you know, we don't have really like a specific demo in mind. I think anyone who really loves, I I think hardcore foodies are really Mm going to love it. But at the same time, I I really think that just anybody who appreciates really good writing and storytelling and art, uh, uh, thoughtfully kind of curated things like that uh, is really going to love it too. I don't think you have to have an interest in food or be a quote unquote foodie to dig this magazine at all. Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was a big goal. And I think we succeeded in this first issue. I mean, I think somebody could conceivably pick this up and find a story and start reading it and really maybe not know that it's kind of supposed to be a food mm-hmm. magazine. Um, at least that's my goal. Um, they yeah, have to look I, I past wouldn't. the cover. <laughs> right. Well, the name is a little, the name still, can be. You know? I mean, so, so at a quick glance, I mean, right. I'm like, is this music? Is it art? Sure. Design, it's a little bit of know, everything. Museum. And then, yeah. and I love, you know, since I am so, well, both Sarah and I, you know, we're all very visual, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, so I love the ads. I love magazines. Mm-hmm. I love getting away from this little, you know, phone screen, screen mm-hmm. that I'm that mm-hmm. I'm tied sure. to constantly, mm-hmm. and color is so yeah. satisfying for me mm-hmm. to to really look at. So, like the the ads that are in here are pretty <laughs> unique too. They are. They um, are. I mean, there's nothing that is sort of well. In some ways, it's very familiar, mm-hmm. you know, because well, because I'm old, you know. <laughs> so there's a there's a deep '70s um, mm-hmm. vibe Absolutely. to mm-hmm. it. There's a deep album sort of 70s mm-hmm. rock theme that is that is mm-hmm. to it, very much a goal you know um but at the same time it's so fresh i mean like i i'm interested in just reading this and i have no idea like whether or not it's all food or if there's a something yeah. here i mean so yeah, yeah that, that is but very it is gratifying. food <laughs> yeah that's, that's good like the, that's what we're shooting for so right. that's great and are you guys highlighting um minneapolis uh restaurants in it too at all well so the goal of it uh and and quickly to speak to kind of the, some of the stuff you were saying just now, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think uh, 
like the tactility of it and, yeah. and the kind of like way it, it just kind of, uh, I guess I'll put it this way. I, I've, I think over time I've realized just for myself that, you know, as a human animal, I'm happiest when I'm like using my hands or like interacting with the world in a more tactile, more mm-hmm. physical way that, you know, if I'm putting energy into something and seeing the results right away, that's like so much more satisfying than mm-hmm. sitting at a desk job and kind of like doing abstract work in the digital realm mm-hmm. that doesn't have kind of an immediate payoff. And I think that's something I started realizing in the past five years, 10 years, I can't do that work anymore. Like I need to make things. I need like tactile things in my life. I need to use tools and like trying to translate that vibe into, you know, this as a magazine was kind of a big goal, which, and you mentioned like rock albums and records. And I, I think a big goal with this was to, there's just a magical feeling when you put, you know, when you when you're listening to a vinyl record. Mm-hmm, you, know, you take mm-hmm, the disc out, mm-hmm. you put it on the turntable. It's kind of a commitment. Mm-hmm. You can't just like easily skip tracks. No. Yeah. And then you got this huge, cool like art that's in there. You can like examine it while you're listening to the music. And I think, and there's been a big resurgence in vinyl in the past mm-hmm. decade, which I don't think is is. Uh, I think it goes hand in hand with all of our, the, just the dominance of everything by digital. I think there is like a very particular reason that we're all kind of attracted to that again and that's kind of where we're trying to put this is like that slot being like oh man it's a thing that's not that's unusual these days so mm-hmm. anyway i appreciate that you pick up on that stuff yeah. um back to the yeah analog. but yeah. but going uh coverage wise uh our uh, my goal in 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 my vision for this was to i mean we are based in minneapolis the, our team is based here uh, but the goal is for all of these stories, no matter who or what they're about, the person, place, or thing, is for them to be completely relatable and enjoyable by any reader that might be anywhere in the world. Like if somebody, for some reason, has a copy of this in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, even though like a good chunk of these stories here are are about or you know people and places here, they should feel like you know, the, the the core of these stories should feel universally accessible and relatable Mm -hmm. um so the goal is for these things to you know i want this to be something that people put on their bookshelf because Uh it's beautiful Uh and it's not something you're going to want to like recycle after a couple months when you're done reading it and if you were to revisit it in five years and pick it you know open it up and and read a story that story should still feel relevant and true um so that's kind of the goal so we are we are covering i mean in this first issue we did a, a big um, a roundtable interview with the the three chefs who were nominated for Best Chef Midwest for the James Beard Awards last year, and that was um, Ann Kim of Young Joni, Jamie Malone at the Grand Cafe, and Christina Wynn of Hi Hi. Uh, and it was kind of you know it was just great because they're three uh, chef owners in town, and they all happen to be women. Um, Ann Kim won the award, and we just kind of wanted to get them all around a table and talk really in a freewheeling way kind of like we are now mm-hmm. um about all sorts of things and so what you know what they ended up talking about and the core things that came through in that story are really big ideas and really kind of like universal human things even though we're talking about these three chefs who work and, and live and do their thing in minneapolis and own multiple restaurants in minneapolis so does that make sense yes. yeah 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 i mean i think that's yeah, what we find with guests coming in here too uh, you know, we can have someone in who we know is a known musician, mm-hmm. and we don't talk music the whole time. We talk about the other pursuits that they're sure you mm-hmm. know going on in yeah. life. And I mean, I, it, it's 
it's an interesting time because it, you know if here we are trying to conserve resources we know that the we know that we're overtaxing the planet yeah. and then we we keep spitting out crappy magazines that you know <laughs> but this is this really you should want to keep this mm-hmm. magazine you would want to have this at, you know, my my folks used to. I mean, everyone used to keep their National Geographics and Life magazine. Yeah, Life magazine. all of those and because it's so they were cool. good. Off we the shelf the later, and like look mm-hmm. at it and you're like, whoa, check this out! I never. Yeah, that. it's still fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Actually, if well, you look back at what was going on in 1972 yeah. or something. And we're here in the studio right now, which has a abundance of magazines. I love. I, I noticed earlier, and I, I will say that. I love the fact that you're you're using stacks of old magazines mm-hmm. for your mic stands oh, right. right right in front of us here. It's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. All yeah, we art like magazines, <laughs> Art in America, Art yeah. Forum, Art News. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, these are good magazines. I, they're I great. They're, we'll they're pull reference. one out. Yeah, magazines. they're reference materials. I mean, materials. you know, like when we come in here and we need, you know, I'll sit and page through these, which is mm-hmm. so much more satisfying than flipping than through going on the a websites, yeah. and Pinterest, or sites. something. I because we mm-hmm. both very much love interior design too, and yeah. Flipping through a, a design magazine, even though I think some of them have become so commercial, it's right. or too celebrity driven. That's not interesting to me. But like World of Interiors, I don't know if you know that magazine, no, I don't. Jim. Yeah. But it's um it's been around for quite a while. But just the act of like actually tearing out the sheet of paper, oh, yeah. and making a, some type oh, of collage man. or scrapbook. I, that know? reminds me, uh, one of the absolute most thrilling moments of making this thing was, and there there were a lot, uh, but one of them that just pops out in my memory is uh that what you're saying just reminded me of is as we were getting close um to the end in the process we i went over to like a fedex kinko's and printed out every spread mm-hmm. like you know every two-page spread on like 11 by 17 sheets of paper which was actually like way more expensive than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 it's like 100 yeah. bucks man just on like crappy paper just like <laughs> and then i was god dang you know just oh, what the heck uh so we we the goal was we we went to uh, um, our art director's studio space. Uh, his, his wife has this killer space over in the Casket Arts building, and uh, the goal was to get the whole team together and and tape up every single spread on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did, and we got it all up, and it took forever because it was like sixty sheets, you know, because it's like a hundred and twenty some page mag. Uh, and it, looking at the whole thing on the wall like that, like you're, you're talking so about cool. tearing pages out yeah. of magazine, yeah. it was like mind blowing. <laughs> it made it real because up until then it only existed in the ether. It was just in Dropbox and like and then, you know yeah, PDFs you and you need to visualize. Yeah, and getting yeah. it up there, and we we're like, oh my god, here's the thing. You actually like did we're it. making a thing. <laughs> and then well, we got to like you know shuffle it around. That's how we like arrived at the sequence, and it was really. I've made a lot of. Uh, I've. The only process I can compare this to in my life, because I've done it so much, is like making a record. Mm-hmm. I've, I've made a bunch of records with, with bands and, and people, musicians that I work of with. Of course, and, you have. And <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a musician. Oh, yeah. everyone is. Yeah, I know. Everyone who I know. comes yeah, here, yeah, like, yeah, you, I've been a part of making part. probably missed, like. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was Him on and the, Chris Coza. Yeah, oh, yeah that so guy. He, I, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been trying to get Chris on. No, no. So I keep going back and forth with him on Facebook. I know, we just haven't gotten him scheduled. Oh, I'll, I'll so text him. Can, text him now. Shoot. Yeah. We can get him. Should we get him on the horn? Get him on here. I know. We'll get him. No big deal. Yeah, I've been. He, Chris, and I have been playing music together for for twenty years. Okay. So we met in college, and we've been. We just played a show two nights ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. Down in Wisconsin, Alma, Wisconsin. This tiny little theater. Scotty. So cool. She's a Scotty. Tiny town right on the Mississippi River. Yeah, I'd never been there before. Yeah, uh, but he and I have toured all over the Down country. We've done a ton of stuff. And, right? or uh, yeah, it's like kind of across the river from Wabasha. 
Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. we yeah we've been playing I've been playing music forever. We made a ton of records together, and you know our band Rogue Valley, and I've made and toured all over the country with Jeremy Messersmith as his mm-hmm. guitar player. Oh, that guy! And too. we're trying to yeah. get Jeremy. Jeremy's yeah. Jeremy would be a great guest. That well, dude yeah. is like the most. He's a wonderful uh, entertainer. We'll get know. him in eventually. I mean, we've had yeah. we've had really great guests, and we continue to get great guests. Yeah, but yeah. I interrupted you, but yes, I, it's okay. But I will say this: like, okay, so. So this is a magazine you would want to keep around forever. Mm-hmm. And I can understand how you you page through this and to see all of these in order on the wall would be a different experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing that uh, whether at your your place of business, like if you ever have an office or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or even just someone's room in their home, you could cut each page out of this and, and make lay it, it out. A, oh, yes. Yeah. And put it out on the wall as, and as, shellac over it or oh, something. Oh, as art or, yeah, or I mean, something. Yeah, it's that pretty. It's, right. It is. Right. And, 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 and early on, I, you know, I, I really owe like a massive debt to uh, the art team, which I was talking about Jake earlier. And uh, the other half of our art team is a, a guy named Bill Phelps. Mm-hmm. And he, he's our principal photographer. Um, and that was an, uh, it just, I did not know Bill previously. And... Uh, Jake knew him a little bit and kind of like Bill, Bill is an internationally like renowned photographer he's worked in like every badass magazine all over the world and he's just a I think in photography these days it's really it seems to me maybe it's not but like as, a, as somebody who's not a photographer um, it seems like it would be so so hard to carve out a very a, a distinct yeah. identity mm-hmm. f- of your own, like a visual identity, because everybody's a photographer. Mm-hmm. Everybody has access to like True. the same, you know, just kind of like audio gear has <laughs> democratized like music mm-hmm. making. Like anybody can make like a record that sounds like technically professional. And I think anybody now can take a photo that looks technically professional, mm-hmm. but to carve out an artistic identity that is immediately identifiable as, oh, that's a Bill Phelps photograph is really extraordinary. And the guy is just insane. Um, and he got on board through a few connections, and it was a very natural thing, and he was really pumped about what we were trying to do. And originally, I had just pitched him, like, would you want to do portraits of Ann Kim, Jamie Malone, and Christina mm-hmm. for this roundtable thing that was going to be kind of the anchor story? And th- that's who's depicted on the cover, graphically, those mm-hmm. three. Uh, and he was like, I'm in. Great. And we worked on that, and it was super fun. He and Jake, like, really loved working together. And then he was like, "Just well, what else should we do?" You know, and I was like, "You, you want?" He's like, "Yeah, because he loved doing it." Yeah, and he just ended up like being part of the team, and he's now like a great friend. And I, I just like can't believe so how lucky we got to like have this team, and not just Jake and Bill, but like the other ed- editors on staff too. It all came together so naturally, and like I'm so pumped about the team. But yeah, the, the photos and the art, like those guys, just absolutely made sure they they wanted to make every page be like, it like shows. What you're yeah. It definitely yeah. shows. Yeah. So. Are you, where are you from? I'm from Minneapolis, here in you town, are? like right okay. in the city. I, my folks still live in the same house I grew up in on, on uh, the south side of town, just over by, kind of near, like, Lake Hiawatha. Okay, oh. Oh, sure. That's You're your right, that's my neighborhood. Yeah. I, yeah, you look familiar to me. Yeah. I, 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 do you, <laughs> do you spend any time down in that part of town or? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that's where I, I grew up, man. I mean, I still go over there all the time. I, you know, I bowl at the lanes and stuff. Which, which town hall lanes? Town hall lanes. I used to bowl there when it was, uh. God, what was it called? Oh, God, it it Stardust, like, I think. You're, you might die if you no, come Stardust in here. Stardust was memory lanes. Oh yeah, that's yeah. But yeah. I wasn't. It wasn't that scary actually. Yeah, right. it was. But it was it just kind of that unscary. Yeah, dingy. yeah. Right there on Thirty Fourth or is that Twenty yeah. Eighth? Yeah. yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I went to high school at South High, and like you know, that's just okay. Kind of my whole. Area. Well, I got questions for you off air then. Yeah, that's, man, that's I'm where sure. my kids. My kids are at 
uh, Nokomis and Key Waden. You know, there you that's, go. That's yeah. our area. So. That's right in the right in the heart of where I grew up. Yeah, pretty close. So yeah, Minneapolis dude. That's okay. where I've been forever. Um, I'm in Northeast now, but you know. And and the photographer Bill. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know we're all in Northeast right now. Sit right, <laughs> right now. We're yeah. In Northeast, yeah. So is everyone else uh, Minneapolis or Minnesota people too? Um, yeah, Bill. Bill's originally from St. Paul. He he spent many many years out in New York City until recently, and he moved back. Uh, Jake is originally from. Man, I should know this. It's, it's okay if you don't. He, he's told me so many times. I think somewhere in oh Milwaukee. Uh, he's been here mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, let's see. My my uh, my co-founder and executive editor Josh Page, who st- started this whole thing with me. Uh, he is originally from I think San Jose, California, mm-hmm. um, and he moved out here a long time ago. And he's a sociology professor at the U of M. And Molly Each, who's our other executive editor, she is originally from here, and she was in Chicago for a long time doing a ton of food writing. She's just a baller writer. Okay. She's great. And she moved back here a couple years ago, and we had known each other through, uh, actually through my high school girlfriend is her cousin. <laughs> and right. like I'd just known her forever, and, yeah. and we'd always been in touch, and, and she came back and was like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm kind of thinking of starting to make And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And it just turned out, and now she's part of the, like an indispensable part of so, the crew. So, so how did you guys pull? I mean, this thing is expensive. To <laughs> how do we pull it off? Yeah, how'd you pull yeah. off making this? I'll tell you. Uh, you know, uh, I'll who's, tell who's you. money I, are you burning? I, oh, yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> I, can, I didn't want to say it quite nope, like that. I can but open my I can open my thing. Chase app right now and show <laughs> you the, yeah. show you the astronomical balance on my right. business credit card that I opened, and that's pretty yeah. much the deal. Okay, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, I mean this is really like when it comes down to it. I, I'm I'm the guy, you know, the buck stops here. I'm the guy on the, it, you know, I formed the LLC and I, you know, it's all in my name. Oh. Uh, so I'm kind of like, um, it, it, it's going to come down to me figuring right. this out. I mean, not, you know, not just me. The team is awesome. We're, everyone's heavily yeah. invested, but uh, I'm, I'm the guy looking at the well, card then, balance every then day. Then let me ask you this. Yeah, I like, I guess, yeah. who is <laughs> carrying? How, how, where, sure. where can we yeah, find yeah. Well, I'll tell you more the, about how this works. Because I, I have a couple uh, ideas where yeah. I'm sure this could, Sure be really good oh, you got ideas yeah. dude. Yeah. you know so which i'm sure I you hear already these. know yeah i would too man i'm, I'm all in <laughs> well, i'm, I'm, I'm all sure ears. it's already there so <laughs> so we a, a really huge part of this and i mean it, it's an expensive undertaking there's just no yeah. doubt about it i mean printing something printing costs these days are just astronomical um and while i'm thinking of it actually when you were talking about resources earlier uh big old shout out to the printer that we work with they're mm. called hemlock they're in canada they're mm. a fully carbon neutral printing company mm. oh it's wild they like they like go deep on that stuff like from just how they manage you know their company with human resources to like act, you know actual forestry stuff and uh so that's kind of nice a, a nice feeling mm-hmm. to be like okay mm-hmm. we're making like a paper product that requires tons of energy mm. to to do but mm-hmm. they they actually like their whole their whole chain of of you know, the process is completely carbon neutral, which is wild. Um, That's awesome. But I, I'm sorry, I got off track talking about carbon neutral. That's okay. Um, well, who's carrying this Oh, who's carrying right it? Yeah. yeah. So like, we, we're selling it online, obviously, um, and we are just now starting to uh, get it in stock at physical locations. So around town right now, it's at Majors and Quinn, Uh you know, the wonderful independent bookstore in Uptown has been there forever. It's kind of like the last bastion of independent anything over there, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, and sad at the same time, I guess. <laughs> uh, I really miss the Uptown Bar, which is where, an oh. a- where a metallic oh. Apple store now sits. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I miss the whole, the whole place. Oh, Filio. I, you worked at Filio? Yeah. 
I bartended it. You know, I bet that's why you look familiar oh. to me because I hung out there way too much back <laughs> I in the day. I was there for happy hour all the time. Yeah, it was a were, kick-ass happy hour it deal. Was. It was two dollars everything. Those little pizzas were so good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Shit. <laughs> R.I.P. Filio. No other restaurant's and been able to survive in that space. Since I know. Then. No. It's been and like Uptown cursed. Diner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know that. Do they still have their? second version of it down the street that's not cool God, oh that's so i bad. have cool. no idea yeah. i mean because no who cares yeah I mean, you, you it's, could it's hard i can tell bands you bands at the uptown i yeah. mean that's they yeah. won't be sponsoring us right true that's true <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoops <laughs> burned that bridge yeah. it's, it's okay. well, before we even built it you, we burned it you, you have editing tools <laughs> no 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 you don't, we do don't that. care we um, okay so it's at majors and quinn which is mm-hmm. super super exciting because man i've been like that's where i'd go forever i'm you know being a bookworm and Wanted to buy books. It's thrilling to see it on the stands there. Uh, we have it stocked at two of the five watt coffee locations mm-hmm. um, the Lindale one and the Kingfield one, the original. And I used to work there, and those guys, uh, Caleb and Lee, the owners, are buds of mine, and they, they purchased ads in this first issue their, their company, Big Watt, did, which is their canned coffee company, which is national. Um, and they're, they're just sweet people, and they, they're putting it on their shelves for sale there, which is really cool. Right. And then we're stocked at a really, really cool boutique uh, clothing store um, called Winsome Goods in Northeast. And it's also actually a space shared by um, uh, Hazel and Rose. And they're, they're, there's like a full-on clothing design studio in there, and they they do really wonderful stuff. Where are they in Northeast? Uh, they are just around the corner from Brasa Rotisserie in Northeast. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the... I think it's on... It's either 5th or 6th. Mm. Yeah, it's over by um, Midway. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, it's a great shop, and they've got a lot of beautiful things in there. And they they also sell another great magazine that we that we're fans of called Make uh, MN, which is cool. Mm. So yeah, that, yeah. for now, we're 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 you know in the midst of emails are flying around, and mm-hmm. we're going to be stocked a lot of other places. Uh, and the goal too, a big big goal, is to to get beyond the Minnesota bubble, and mm-hmm. and we we are stocked actually in a. A really cool store called uh, Miracle Plum in Santa Rosa, California. It's like a really funky kind of like eclectic food, like gadgets and like mm. books and, and things like that. Uh, and we're gonna we're looking for spots in New York City and Portland and like Austin, Texas. Uh, so that that's just like you know that's a the work beast. that we're doing right, right now, yeah. which is you know it's yeah. just a few of us that are mm-hmm. doing yep. this, and it's mm-hmm. we're totally independent and uh, and it's that. And then we're trying to also kind of like figure out how to. You know where to sp- if it's smart to spend any resources on like doing PR and mm-hmm. things to pay mm-hmm. professionals to mm-hmm. do that stuff and like maybe try to snag us a story somewhere you know if M- NPR wanted to like write about us you know and, and that would be great um, but it's like this constant um, scale weighing for me as kind of the mm-hmm. leader of this thing to be like okay well is that twenty five hundred bucks like Worth smart it. to put here when mm-hmm. it's just kind of a gamble, mm-hmm. or do we hang on to that and try to do as much as we can by ourselves and like make sure that we can make issue two? Um, so that's kind of like constantly right. what I'm what I'm thinking. It's a about. lot. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. But a lot. but the, the initially though, it's been like an insane response around here. We had like when we started doing a pre sale before we went to print a couple weeks before we submitted to the printer, we opened it up for pre sale and we probably sold like about 200 copies just in a pre-sale mm-hmm. that's great and that's then great. we it, so like at full price uh we did a cyber monday sale <laughs> okay cyber uh, monday, and i yeah. guess since you brought it up i should say the magazine is 19 bucks retail yep mm-hmm. um but we did a cyber 
Monday discount, uh, but most of it's been full price. Yeah. And then we, uh, the other really big part of how we're trying to make this sustainable and how we're trying to fund this, actually the very much the biggest part is that we are on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started doing Patreon really early. Uh, and as of now, we've got, I think, about almost 130 patrons. So that's what we're using is kind of like our subscription platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really cool because, you know, it, it creates this community. So anybody who's a Meal Magazine patron kind of, you know, you, you A, you get every magazine when we put it out. You get some other, uh, depending on the level that you sign up, you can sign up at a minimum of five bucks a month. You can sign up at 10, 20, 40, 80. And with each one of those kind of funding tiers, you get mm-hmm. like different special goodies or like access or discounts. Um but what's ended up happening is it's created this like awesome community of people who are kind of like our number one fans. Mm-hmm. And we do like, we hold like a monthly happy hour hang just for patrons where we just had one the other day and we do like at a different bar every month where we just invite our patrons to come and hang out. We just have drinks. We talk about the magazine. We talk about what we're up to. And we, you know, we've been doing events, um, We've produced two events so far as and Meal Magazine. we have one coming up, yeah? We do have one coming up, our uh-huh. launch party for issue uh-huh. one. So, like, when we do events, uh, and we could talk more about the events later because that's something I'm actually really excited about, uh, we give our patrons kind of first crack at buying tickets and, mm-hmm. even, like, discounts, and we post every week. Well, yeah, that's the goal. I try to post every week, but we try to kind of just bring them on the inside of, like, how we're making the sausage, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. just every little bit of it. Um, it. So it feels really good to have this, like, hyper-supportive core uh, mm-hmm. audience that is a giving us money every month which is wild to me even still i'm just like oh my god you people are amazing uh and it really just creates this wonderful that's a supportive um, support network network. yeah Yeah. where where they're just like our number ones you know Mm -hmm. and they're there for us Mm -hmm. which has like been a big deal so the the way we're, we're really trying to grow that because that feels special that feels like we can maintain a relationship with the people who are really into what we're doing in a different kind of way um and we can like you know ask some questions and be like, what do you think? Like, they give us feedback mm-hmm. and you know, like, what, this right. seems like not, you know, I don't know. You know, it, it's really great. It's just a wonderful uh, feeling to know that there's like a, a core group of support that we can turn to. And mm-hmm. like, and it's so fun to meet, to meet them all too. You know, and, I've and, always and wondered how world. that works, like how Patreon yeah. works. You it's know? really cool. Yeah. It's turned, it's turned out to be a good thing for us. Uh, I think it's, it offers us the benefits of like having a way to, do subscription but in a way more intimate personal way where we can like offer more mm-hmm. uh, so yeah that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole ball of wax when it comes to to how we're tr- how i'm trying to fund this thing it's like Patre- patreon is the biggest selling ads is, is really going to be big but we're trying to really balance that because you know this is you know, it's an art book just as much as it is a magazine and, and we don't want that to be distracting. So we're only working with companies and brands that we really love and respect and want to like, you know, stuff that yeah, we believe in. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff that, you know, companies around town or brands that have uh, reach just beyond the state too. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about that all yeah. the time yeah. though. We, we talk about, you know, ads being advertised to mm-hmm. in in and of itself isn't necessarily an evil or a bad thing. No, it's, not at all. It's how it's done. Right. You know, the sneaky ones, the ones that are, Jim loves a good ad. You know, I think I Sarah do. loves a good Absolutely. ad. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and me, I don't mind being advertised too if there's something, if it's something I actually care about. Sure. And, you know, want to see. But but when you're being, when your information is being stolen mm-hmm. from you without your sure. consent, that's yeah. when we've gotten into this 
yep. bad advertising world. Right. Absolutely. All right, well, we should. Uh, we're going to take a little break. We should take a little break. Yeah, it's already been thirty. That's, I know. So we, fast. It's forty minutes. In. I feel like I've been talking too much. <laughs> no, you're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's what you're supposed to talk. All right, exactly. If you didn't talk, then we the coffee. The, I feel like maybe the coffee is. Just <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, for me. you got your fast. You're fast. It's all right. All right, we'll, we'll be back. All right. Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first-of-its-kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit packsimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. Okay. All right, we can we're be back. Legacy Ooh, Matters. You sound so professional that time. Usually we just sort of fumble our way into a start right. <laughs> well now you are so yeah i mean i tried to kind Woo! of start out good but now that you know ruined it yeah once again you broke the fourth wall <laughs> so uh we're, we are back yeah we are back yeah. so pete let's talk about music oh my yeah let's talk yeah. about okay. music because um so you're you i know, had you're no idea from, from minnesota so yeah. i mean like you're yeah. in Rogue Valley right now. That's correct. Up, what are you guys up to? What well, are you up to? What am I uh, with, up to? With multiple things mm-hmm. uh, right now. Well, correct? lately, yeah, lately, music for me in my life has been a little uh, more on the back burner in the last year or so. I mean, especially while I've been making, making this magazine, I guess. This uh, huge I have yeah, something I'd like to interject with here. Please. You just take this for what it's worth. Yes. Do you... Have you have you ever or do you intend to ever do anything that might actually make money? Wow, it's tough. It's not any like, different than like every morning talk. when we I get together. I am an artist, like okay? Right? Okay. We're, yes. we're in the same boat. Yes. Oh, I like. That. Yeah, you know, I money's money's nice. I like money. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 
It's great. Then why I, do you keep playing I, around I, with music? I don't and know. Magazines. I don't know. Well, I guess I guess I'm trying to be happy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe oh. maybe that's more important. Some people say. I, so. I, I don't know. Yeah. It is more important. Um, it is. I applaud I, you. I, I yes. seem to continually be drawn to projects that, yeah, <laughs> you know, don't tend to like print. The greenbacks, but yeah. uh, but mm-hmm. f- for some reason, actually make you feel like you're satisfied. Yeah, you're, you're doing you know, passion, you know, yeah, satisfying things mm-hmm. in your life. Uh, but that's a great question, and probably mm-hmm. something I should talk to my therapist about. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I didn't mean to sound. Yeah, like you're, no, like all good. <laughs> <laughs> but music-wise, uh, lately, and I, I will just say this: like off the bat, like I've been like so so lucky over the years to like have some incredible experiences doing music um, that not a lot of people get to have and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, have you um, toured? Yeah, oh yeah, a ton. Like around um, the country, world? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, is that I've, fun as I would think it, it would be? It is and sometimes it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, it's like one of those things that you just like, you know, I, I don't do much touring anymore but like I look back on it and even the, even the really uh, difficult moments of which there can be many now is like this wonderful golden like nostalgic memory you know yeah. it's like mm-hmm. oh, I'm so glad I did that um, but yeah I, I started off uh, in college met Chris Coza at St. Olaf College uh, and we were just like you know doofus 18 year olds playing guitar uh, and we started doing stuff and Chris had already, he was all, already kind of a prolific songwriter at that age uh, and we just started you know we formed a college band and we as I think most college bands do, thought we were way better than we were. <laughs> made a record, made a record way too early on. Yeah, we were like, yeah. we gotta make a record and we're gonna like dominate and whatever. And uh, you know, but we did pretty well. Like we, we out of college, we stayed together and we started doing stuff in Minneapolis and we started to get some traction. It was great. We played all over town, all the venues. Uh, uh, and then when Chris decided to make a record under his own name, that's when things kind of started to take off. The current really latched onto him back then. This was in like 2007. Uh, and we started making some waves, which was really cool. And we started touring, uh, made another record that was a little bit bigger. We started touring, you know, we did big, long, like month long West coast tours and East coast tours and living out of the van. Uh, it was great. Super fun. Um, and then I did a bunch of touring in 2011 with Jeremy Messersmith, yep. which was really, really fun. And he's one of my best buds, and I love that guy a ton and just a wonderful dude to be on the road with. And we did the uh, NPR Tiny Desk show that year, which mm-hmm. was really great. Mm-hmm. And then I did a bunch more touring with Rogue Valley. We made four records in one year in, in like 2010, 2011. That was like our big splash that was the vision for what Rogue Valley was, is we wanted to make one record for each season as kind of like this big ambitious, mm-hmm. uh, ambitious. four-part project. So mm-hmm. that was wild. Uh, and we did we did some big stuff around that. And then I did a ton more touring with Jeremy in 2014. Uh, and that was the year he got signed to a major label. So we, we had some really fun highlights. Uh, we played on David Letterman that year. Um, we did like Bonnaroo. We did the Sundance Film Festival. We did Rock the Garden. Uh, and in between all that, we still had a lot of rinky-dink shows and a lot of like sleeping in you know crappy motels. And <laughs> yeah, because it's not <laughs> right. glamorous, right? It is not, the, man. The I mean, you can you can be yeah. like, yeah, I did David Letterman, but at the same time, but like, Dave Letterman. That a few was, days after I mean, that, you're like, you know, pulling an all-nighter driving from Montreal to Toronto. Yeah, you know? yeah. right. Yeah. Was Dave yeah. Letterman cool? Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. 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 And he was always yeah. my favorite late night host. So that was like a huge sure. thrilling, yeah. thrilling moment. I got to shake his hand and stuff. And it was like, it was pretty wild. That was a great, that's, that's, that's a fun thing to do. I'm glad you said it was 
good because if you said yeah, yeah, he saw it. It was it was a, it was a yeah. thing I did. Like, oh, <laughs> no, deflating. <laughs> no, it's so weird. I mean, like it just feel it was such a like whirlwind, you know. And it, it just it, during the actual performance, I think I truly blacked out, and it was just all muscle memory because it's yeah. like holy shit, I'm standing where the Beatles stood in the Ed Sullivan yeah. Theater, you know. You're, and Paul Schaefer's like five feet away from me, and I'm like, what the hell's happening here? <laughs> right. Um, it was it was pretty wild and really fun. So yeah, music stuff. We've Rogue Valley's done a lot of great things. We've we've been out to Iceland a few times to play at the Iceland Airwaves Festival, which has been really great. Mm. Uh, Chris and I have been out and played some shows in like London and, and Manchester, and we've been all over the country. So I've been around playing guitar everywhere. It's been it's that's been, what I was going to ask. Why you, you yeah you I roll play lead guitar. guitar? Yeah, kind okay. of the sideman dude. A lot of backup oh. vocals and, and and guitar. Yeah. Do you feel Fancy, um, yeah. this may be an odd question? I always yeah. say that every time I ask questions. I know it's it's, it's the upper Midwestern. Oh, I, uh, you're um, like pre apologizing pre-apo- Yeah. This, maybe this isn't weird. Do you feel like you've um, <laughs> there's always more of a goal to reach, right, with music? But do you feel like you've really You've kind of been able to satisfy a lot of what you've wanted to accomplish. Absolutely, so. yeah. I, I, I've never really had particular ambitions in music for myself. It's always, for me, kind of been about who I'm doing it mm-hmm. with, and it's always been a matter. I've, 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 I've not been the type of guitarist in town who's been like, you know, I'm available to play with everybody. I, I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm my skill set is very particular. And I really just enjoy playing with like my best pals. You know, yeah. I've, I've subbed for other folks and played with all, plenty of people, and it's always great. But like, you know, I'm kind of like hyper monogamous when it comes to like my my musician partner pals, mm-hmm. and uh, um, that's kind of the satisfaction I get out of it is like spending the time and 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 that creative energy with the people I love in my life the most. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of been as long as I'm able to do that and it feels right and that energy is there. That feels like I'm like achieving anything i need to achieve mm-hmm. in that realm I, I don't like have goals i think sure. I've, I've just kind of been lucky enough to be around people who are insanely wonderful and and do it for the right reasons and then that has led to like some lucky wonderful things um but yeah i'm I, we're still making music we're gonna make another rogue valley record this year uh, there's already been some recording happening and um yeah, it's kind of it's, and it's kind of like it a all question mark here in the Twin Cities. Are yeah. you guys recording here? Yeah, yep, the recording's happening here. Um, Chris Koza, he splits his time, so he, he's the primary songwriter in Rogue Valley as well. You know, obviously as well as in his own project. Uh, but he he kind of splits his time nowadays between here in Denver. Um, his wife is this wonderful sculpture artist uh, named Kate Casanova. She's out there teaching at uh, Denver University. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little different these days. Um, but yeah, he comes back and we do shows and we record and um, still pushing. You know, it's yeah. it's good. Yeah. So music's out. Music's always going to be there. I think in in one way or the other, whether it's kind of like, you know, it, it ebbs and flows. Sure. Uh, so like, I spent a lot of time this past year, like I'm going to make this magazine and that's my thing, and and now that's kind of in a place and uh, I'm still able to play a show once in a while. And and do people um, look at you? Because I know they look at us sometimes. Like you have so much going on. How do you manage or how you know? Yeah, I get it all done. Yeah, I don't know. I, it just feels natural to me. I, I've always been the type where I feel way happier in my life doing a bunch of things that I, mm-hmm. I think are really fun and creative, as opposed to kind of like a nine to five desk gig, oh. um, I know. which I've done. You know, oh, I've yeah. done all that stuff yep. in the past, and and those have been good experiences here and there. But 
every no. time. <laughs> but every time, you know, that I, I, I think I will always just, I, I will navigate, but for whatever reason, personally, I, I navigate to more of like the uncertain, but more fun uh-huh. kind of like juggling a bunch of shit. Where there's uh, always something you could be doing. Yeah, yeah, rather than like the steady, predictable um, thing. So I, I do a ton of stuff in addition to, yeah. I mean, I had this like crazy streak a few years ago where I was like, you know, making furniture and renovating my right. house and like learning mm. how to do plumbing and all this shit and, you know, buying a property and fixing it up with, with a couple of business partners and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> all over the done map. it all. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really weird. Like wow. it, it, there no, was like a day where, you know, I was like, you know, I'd play a show one night and then come home and I was like, you know, boring a hole in the foundation of my house, like to do some work and, you know, it's what the hell is happening here? I don't know who I am. <laughs> That's our life. That's pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and now I'm making in, a food magazine and there you go. Yeah. yeah so cutting in egress windows where, right. Coming you, over and fixing my boiler. boiler. Yeah. Yeah. Fixing yeah. your boiler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that is, uh, I feel like one way or another, the, uh, the, the overarching power that is, is what, draws all of us together like this is why people Mm -hmm. we keep finding like-minded like-minded people Mm -hmm. who come on the show they come and talk about our business Mm -hmm. and the things we're doing and Mm -hmm. i think you know one way or another this uh the society or the planet or however you want to look at it we as we as a as a species uh need to think about doing more creative things and having you know doing better by the world uh construct of what you're supposed to be doing or what you're yeah i mean we've got supposed to be doing absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. and i i think that's kind of like what if anything else that's kind of what and i don't think about this a whole ton but it it always seems to just be there for me personally is uh always kind of trying to find whatever that spark is that 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 really lights us up as people uh finding the essential things and that's kind of how i've always approached food writing in the past like i somewhat unconsciously then more consciously i started drifting away from like doing straightforward restaurant criticism which is fun and can be a thing but you know there's and it's important in in some respects but i was always a little bit drawn more towards the deep dive interview with this interesting person who does whatever and then the interview is really ends up being more about you know (laughs) everything other than maybe Mm -hmm. just food but like Mm -hmm. how it all relates Mm -hmm. you know how what, what where the through lines of like passion and creativity and like uh, just that spark, you know. So I, and that's like a, that was a big intention with the magazine here is to uh, to for every story, every page, every photograph is to like find that magical thing. And sometimes that magical spark thing is kind of a <laughs> a lot of what's in this magazine is like really complicated stuff too. Um, it really just confronting about the complexities of how we are people and how we interact. Sometimes it's magical and beautiful. Sometimes it's really ugly. And those things can exist at the same time. They do exist at the same time. And that's part of what we're trying to reflect in here is like a, um, an awareness that we're, everything we do and that we try to achieve is really messy. But like we can always be pushing towards... There's uh, an authenticity too is yeah. one of the other words. Um, I think that's what you're trying to highlight. And authenticity yes. can be good and bad, but it's the true picture of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? You know, And I think like that comes through strongly and it, I just a couple of stories in here in particular really like highlight that vibe, which is there's a really cool piece in here from a woman who used to write in town named Amelia Reno. And she's been traveling in Central America uh, kind of indefinitely for years now. And she has been in El Salvador for the past six months and studying and learning about how the impact of the Salvadoran civil war in the eighties, which 
the U.S. like basically fomented and like funded. Oh, really? no. oh surprise! There, <laughs> no. Yeah, so like you know they they funded the guerrillas there, and these people, you know, they, they were the giant massacres, and there's you know it's just something that of course like most of us Americans don't really know much about, mm-hmm. and we don't confront these like hard realities about mm-hmm. what it means to be patriotic and like wave the flag and mm-hmm. and how we our our tax dollars go to support the killing of a lot of innocent people sometimes mm-hmm. like directly and indirectly, and so the way. This the reason this is like in a food magazine, <laughs> yeah, is because she comes around in this really wonderful way to kind of like, you know, lately, uh, pupusas are really kind of a hot street food item in the U.S. right now. The pupusa is like the national dish of El Salvador. Like uh, recently, Leonardo DiCaprio was kind of tweeting about like the pupusa is the new taco. It's like way better, you know, and it's kind of having a moment, mm-hmm. but people maybe don't really realize why it's here, which is because we helped start this horrible war that made a lot of people flee from El Salvador to the U.S. And, like, you know, now they're here, and now they're doing their thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's, I I think it's a a story in the magazine that's very reflective of kind of, like, what we're trying to do with this thing, which is, like, you know, not always be heavy and political and kind of uh, that way, but... But to be willing to be that and to be willing to go there and kind of like tell the more complicated stories behind identity, culture, and how food kind of weaves in there and, uh, you know, right. and how we represent ourselves and how, you know, it's just, it's really interesting stuff to me. Um, and there's very much other lighthearted stuff in here too. <laughs> it's a mix. Yeah, it's right. a mix. I was going to say, wow, that's heavy. Right. That's but a lot. It is, but, but like, but, I, I don't yeah. think there's a whole lot that exists out there that's doing this, no. which is kind of, we're trying to carve out a niche whether or not we're going to be super successful with it remains to be seen, but I think we all feel really pumped about but you're proud where of, we're going of with what it. you've done. Yeah. And you yeah. need to be the brand mm-hmm. ambassador. Yeah. And, and we understand. love like, don't get me wrong. I love reading restaurant criticism. And I think, and I, and I love, you know, reading to, to what are the top 10 burgers in Cleveland right now, you know, but that's not what we're doing. We're doing a different thing. Cause that's already been isn't, done. Yeah. I there's mean, plenty of people that do that really wonderfully out yeah. there. So well, and isn't like, like, Steve Johnson down the street doing it on Yelp for he you. He is. Anyway. He's doing yeah. it on Yelp. Yeah. <laughs> like, he and his mom and his right. brother right. and everyone else. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, we're we're looking for that deeper dive, you know. Mm-hmm. And, right. Uh, and that 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 and we're we're all like massive food lovers. So we you know, uh, we bring we're bringing some different stuff. Uh, I, where, where am I going with this? I'm trying to say that the print magazine is is one thing, and we're very intentionally saying. These stories are only going to be in the print magazine. If you want to read them, you got to pick up the magazine. Mm-hmm. That's like the point. We're making a thing, a physical mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but we're also trying to do uh, a bunch of stuff that's like native for digital, like you know, video stuff. And we've done a few of these, like interviews and things like that, that will live online and mm-hmm. kind of support what's happening in the magazine and telling stories in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then, you've got yeah. You've got an open enough palette with this. I mean, meal is, <laughs> you know, sure. wide open, really. It's a, it's a general, yeah. Yeah, but where where you could have uh, you could have satellite communities of meal contributors who are putting content in other cities. Mm. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, a short leap from where you're at to where you. Sure, I think there's a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, and and you know the events that we're doing too. That's been kind of a way for us to get more directly and personally, kind of in the real world, involved with like you know actual food events, which has been really fun. Uh, and our goal with that is to kind of whenever Meal Magazine is producing an event, 
those events are going to be the sort of thing where if people come and they leave, they're going to be like, we're not ever going to miss another one of those. That's, that's what uh, Mika, to, so Mika is my hairstylist at Bang oh, Bang Salon. Right. You know she, Mika. Mika. She, Mika is amazing. She uh, graduated, like, I think the same year as my younger brother from Elk River, right. where I graduated too. Nice. There's nice, all these yeah. connections. I know. So, but she's, she's amazing. And she is. Let's tell everyone because, yep. you, yeah. Mika I only, is amazing. And her, her husband, AJ, is my, yes. my cousin. More right. like my brother. Uh, he's like the most wonderful guy. And They're that's the, best. the connection. What yeah. was the point? I was going to, there was a point to this. Ah. Oh, she told me. So maybe it was a couple times ago, but she was talking about your events and how amazing they were. Oh, that's so that's she so specifically cool. said yeah. that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know why I don't go to her anymore? Why? I, because I, she cut my hair two or three times and she did a fantastic job. She's uh-huh. always booked. It's freaking fancy. Like it's, I have to book like months yeah. in well, advance. Because I get, she's a great hairstylist. Yeah, man, that's a sign oh of it. Gosh. But when she's, I need a haircut, it's like I look well, at myself in the mirror and I'm like, "Wow, who can cut my hair today?" Yeah. Right. Yeah, I yeah know. that doesn't you're work. You're that guy. You're, you're, you're not. Guy. You're not Mika level. No, no I don't. You, you need to be going. You need to be going to supercuts, man. Yeah, yeah I was gonna much. say. No, that's no. You're not far off. But it is great clips. No, no great clips. Supercuts. Supercuts. I think isn't that the like the sports themed one yeah, for dudes or whatever? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, they, like, yeah, wear, yeah, yeah. They, they wear like referee shirts. Yes. Yeah. yes. I think that's something else. That's not supercuts, but it's but it's so, it's sport. Cut. It's one of those like, sports sport cuts. Sport cuts. Yeah, there's one kind of by my house. But yeah, that's not how she operates. I, but. I know, but I just got to say, like I, her and Renee, who does my wife's hair, like these people, they are you really, have to, oh, really artists, down. Man. You have yeah, to there's no joke ahead of time. But I have to say, she. So I worked for a hairstylist for a long time in New York. Oh. And I had my hair, you know, fancy. That. And I had my hair colored every color under the sun. She does blonde like super well. Yeah, you, yeah she's, she's got a nice badass cut. for sure. And a nice color. Yes, yeah. indeed. So, so yeah. if you can add it in. I have a question. Here. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and that is like, when do you think you became a foodie? Mm. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Why? Like, like, why is it you it, can be a musician and a foodie? I don't get it. Well, no. I, <laughs> didn't you leave I'm anything for the other kids? Those two, are, those two things are specifically the foodie. Like, like, did you grow up? Like, did your parents yeah, were they food I, people? So I come from. Uh, you you the, come from here, Minnesota. I do. Right? I do. Midwest. I, I do, and there's not really like a real particular story that that yeah. that is like super pithy, and I can kind of like connect that dot. Um. But I will say that, like, the entire side of my father's family, like, my grandparents owned a restaurant. It's all been restaurant business mm-hmm. on that side mm-hmm. of the family. And on my mom's side of the family, like, my they all, you know, cooking was a huge thing with everybody, every gathering. I mean, tons of it. And my older brother is, has been a chef his entire life. Um, so it's always been a thing. Yeah. And I, I've just always been really into food from a young age. Uh, and then... A big part of it, I think, was in college. I started reading, uh, you know, really great stuff. Uh, I remember reading uh, Fast Food Nation and, like, you know, a lot of really wonderful kind of work that started touching on all of these big issues surrounding food in the world, like, you know, ethics and sustainability and all those things. And those got me kind of fired up. And then Michael Pollan, when he started coming out writing like the omnivore's dilemma and the botany of desire, those are really influential. Anthony Bourdain starts doing this thing. And like, Oh man, there's like, mm-hmm. there's like these other, you know, sure. I love food and I like to cook and I cooked for a while myself and I worked in the industry. I've worked, you know, I've done coffee and bartending and uh, cooking and all that stuff back in the day. Uh, but over time, I think I just started being really attracted to 
kind of all the deeper undercurrents of what, you know, how, uh-huh. how food kind of ties us all together and brings us all together and separates us too, depending on, I mean, food can be used as a uniting beautiful thing and it often is, but it can also be a, a tool of oppression or, you know, what have you. Um, and those things started really kind of resonating with me as like somebody who, uh, came up wanting to, you know, also be a writer and just write and like express myself in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started doing stuff. I kind of cold called the heavy table in town as a fan of like reading their stuff. And I just said, Hey, like I was kind of cocky and I was like, I think I could do better than some of your writers. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of a dick. Like in my twenties, you know, just that, that, that like yeah. cocky ego That's all right. shit. And, uh, it and, and Jim, the editor to his credit was like, okay, you little punk. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how about you do a test assignment and let's see how you do. And then like, ended up being a really, really wonderful time there. And I, I, I did, I would always kind of do these weirder stories. Um, like I did this huge, story i interviewed a bunch of chefs around town because i'd noticed you know working in the industry that a lot of cooks and chefs would have just this like this story of scars written all over their arms and their hands because you know reaching into hot ovens all day and like cutting all that stuff so i did this whole like photo journalistic piece about like battle wounds in the kitchen that ended up being this like deeper discussion about like how people in the industry you know that's the surface level mm-hmm. and then but it really is like whoa the mental health issues and addiction and like just the just the churn and the 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 hardship of like on your body working in that you know, on mm-hmm. your feet like that 12 14 hours a day anyway point it's is, an emotional endeavor too to yeah. make to make food for people yeah it is but, and that's another thing that always really struck me was like i think uh you know serving and accepting food is like a really intimate thing. It's it is. it's like crazy. It's one of the most intimate transactions we take mm-hmm. part in every day of our lives. It's, I mean, the the um, amount of trust that yeah. actually has to go into that that you don't think about and you don't talk about. Absolutely, very often. Which is why I think you know why half the time we're we're more confident or comfortable with getting something that's packaged heavily mm-hmm. packaged. So you're like, well, that this clearly was made, you know. With with the absence of it's sort of like a double edged sword. Like, you've removed like the mm-hmm. intimacy. The, the, you've removed the, the intimacy and the love, humanity. but you also have removed the risk. Right. Like I know this Supposedly. is risk free. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though it's killing you. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. You just shift that risk to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that's been a really like big guiding light of mine over the years when it comes to food writing and like you know how it's kind of all uh, uh, led to me feeling like I could be in a position to, to, to have the vision and, and follow through with making meal magazine, uh, is really the core of it is that like, like me serving food to you, it's, that's a very intimate thing. And the trust involved there, like, uh-huh. I mean, what are the criteria? Like you go to a restaurant, you're not seeing this person who's making your food. Most of the time we're trusting that at the very minimum, it's not going to like make us sick or hurt us. And then your other expectations come in. You're like, I want this to be fulfilling and like make me feel good and like satiate me, give literally give my body the energy it needs to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's a weird, compelling thing when it, when it comes down to it. And then when you think of just like the ancient guest host relationship, I think even in that like sterile removed thing at a drive-through like White Castle, if you look hard enough. That relationship is still there. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, totally like informed by other things, yeah, it's, bigger things. It's a, but it's still there. It's been more corporatized in a way mm-hmm. that, which you know, is not always good nor bad. It, I'm sure. not saying one yeah, thing or another. Yeah, it is. It's terribly <laughs> complicated. But but I think of you know like like in our city, there's there's inequity mm-hmm. around this town, right? And I think of like a kid. A kid growing up 
poorish who you know maybe their folks aren't around or they or they can't be around to they don't have the resources to find the the ingredients ingredients mm-hmm. to make a sure. a classic what you would consider like the most loving thing a person mm-hmm. can kind of do mm-hmm. for you it's like grandma makes you some bread mm-hmm. from scratch mm-hmm. or pancakes that she's whipped up in the morning or whatever you sure. know um, pies, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. these things make you feel good, and Grandma's hands are all over that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the absence of that, you know, like is a is a bag of Doritos and a Mountain Dew, <laughs> which mm-hmm. well, the sugar's there, right? The, sure. the calories are there, yeah. but is that comforting to a kid who doesn't have the the experience of having? Mm-hmm. Sure a, sure. a really quality meal made for him. Like, yeah. is, is that love in a way? Is to say, here, I got you something. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. tough. Like, mm-hmm. it's tough. I th- there are big questions in in that realm that that uh, we actually get touched on in in this really great interview. It's the first piece in the mag with uh, Soleil Ho, who is the new um, newish uh, restaurant critic for the San Francisco Chronicle, and she actually started. Uh, meal with us and named us back when we were just messing around with the Instagram account when she lived here. And she's an incredibly thoughtful writer and her jam for a long time has been to very directly weave socio-political, you know, identity, cultural, racial, everything into her food writing. She's she's wonderful. And uh, she's based out in the Bay Area now. She's kind of like the most watched uh, restaurant critic in the country because she's she's not an old white guy, which is like who most mm-hmm. <laughs> of right. oh, most restaurant critics at legacy big city papers have been forever. So she she's bringing this whole new perspective to it. And part of what we talk about um, in here is you know uh, the the Bay Area is kind of where like the farm to table movement in restaurants began, and it's been going on there since the seventies, like Alice Waters and and one one of our conversation points when I was out there interviewing her was, you know, a frustrating thing from her perspective that she's seen out there is sure the farm to table movement has been here for, you know, 40 years, but it's only been available to like some people and it it hasn't, it hasn't moved into poorer communities. It's really still only available to the affluent people. And like, that's frustrating to see, like, how can, how can we shift that, you know, and how can, and how can we like, you know, make sure that people have better access. I mean, there's food deserts in Minneapolis. So know? I think of this, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to piss off all of the uh, public employees in Minneapolis who make sure. food for our kids, but my kids refuse to eat school lunches and I've been to their, I've been to school with them mm-hmm. and been served those lunches. And I totally understand why. Sure. Because when we were kids, <laughs> when we were kids, there was an army of, like older women who worked in a kitchen at the school and we made fun of how bad their food was. Right. Sure. We all did it. Yeah. But meatloaf and yeah. (laughs) But, but at the end of the day, you saw the faces of 12 old ladies who looked a lot Mm -hmm. like your mom or grandma Mm -hmm. who were in the back nets, hair nets, and they had big pots and they had big Mm -hmm. pans and they were making you something. And they were having a great time. And they were night. They were kind. Mm -hmm. Very Mm -hmm. kind. And you know, and, and maybe they were like a little, curmudgeonly or something yeah but at the end of the day if you needed to eat they made sure you were fed Uh you know they had no they they did not withhold food Mm -hmm. from kids or anything like that you go to school now and and we've privatized a lot of that Uh or taken it out oh it's it's criminal yeah it is i think it is criminal because they're outsourcing it they outsourced it so now 
our school has like a place where food gets heated or something yeah. mm-hmm. and it comes mm-hmm. in on a truck it's they like a roll airplane, it in like a, yeah. Yeah. yeah and everything's in so you know here we are trying to be environmentally conscious but everything's packaged inside of packages yeah. and then wrapped in one yeah. big plastic thing at the end absolutely it, it's it's weird and that reminds me of uh <laughs> there's a lot of people i will which is really heartening there are a lot of people out fighting the good fight about that <clears throat> like chefs who are doing really good work in that realm like chef jose andres he does a lot of that kind of stuff um and locally here i think chef eric harsey who uh he's opened a new place in his hometown uh but he used to run victory 44 and then upton 43 done a ton of work in like school lunch stuff and try awesome. to prove that i think that i might be wrong it was it might be thinking of somebody else uh point <laughs> is we don't deal with facts yeah, um, we don't. point <laughs> point is uh there are people out there and then like I, but i i remember in in high school for me this is in the late 90s south high school in minneapolis in the lunchroom one of your options one of our options which i took part in almost every day you could buy a fucking Pizza Hut personal pan pizza. Uh, yeah, see, that's when uh, it started. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like, what is that about? Uh-huh. Like yeah. allowing these fast food corporate giants. This is where we yeah. fucked it all up. Schools, and yeah. then like, the, and then right next to it is the Coke vending machine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like almost every day uh, eating a Pizza Hut greasy ass pan pizza (laughs) and downing a giant coke for lunch as a teenager and that's gonna I don't know I'll probably have pancreatic cancer next year because of that (laughs) well let's hope not but you you do bring up a good point yeah I mean mean, it's 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 absolutely fucked it it is it's really it it makes me incredibly sad because because my kids they they get a lunch made by their mother's hands mostly you know I make it Mm -hmm. sometimes but mom makes that healthy Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's a pretty good lunch but they refuse to eat the one the other kids are eating, but like sure. we're we're only one step away from just giving the kid a lifeless lunch pill that they <laughs> you know that they down and they go yeah, to back to class. Yeah, like, yeah. why would we choose? Why would we as a society choose to take the love out of the food that sure, goes to the sure. kids as they're trying to learn? It's convenience, like, it's oh man, money, yeah, yeah, fuck that. Time. I mean, oh, I know. Plus, those old ladies, they still want to work there. You know? I, no, so, I mean, I'm not mad at you. I'm just I, saying I it's, it's stupid. It's um, really stupid. I have a follow up question that's maybe a little bit different, but uh, what? And again, we're like blowing. <laughs> we're we're thirty. You can guide this a little. No right. one sponsors us yeah. anyway. We're fine. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> well, what do you do, think about? <laughs> What do you think about the meal delivery services? So I was in New York for about 11 years and that sure. I never quite participated in I never like hello fresh and all of that or like uh, um, blood or no, no uh, you're talking like um, meal delivery you mean so where, like um, they ser- what is send the big the one kit? I know I'm to- a blue apron, blue apron. Oh, so yes. there's been a ton of offshoots or similar yeah, and it's a very hard business model so just your thoughts on like People were unsubscribing because of the waste, sure, the plastic or you know garbage yeah. waste. Um, but what do you, yeah, what do you think about that? I, uh, admittedly, I don't have like hardly any firsthand experience yeah. with any of this sure. stuff. But I've read, you know, I, I've read about it and I've got some thoughts about it. And I, 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 I remember not too long ago there was like a pretty big controversy about uh, the people working in these warehouses for like blue plate being, you know, and those being run like horrifyingly with shitty conditions for the workers and like you know all this unsanitary stuff happening and like a terrible management and people being abused and like fighting and all this weird shit mm. and uh and then you know just the waste of the packaging like 
from what I gather, you know, a package arrives and it's been, you know, the energy that it takes to keep it cold and stuff on the way. And then mm-hmm. you open it up and every element in your meal is individually wrapped and packaged, uh-huh. and, which is hyper convenient, I'm sure, to be right. like, oh, just do this, do this, do this. But I think it's backwards. I think, you know, I, I, I will. I think it's like a lot of things. It's man, there's like some benefits to it. And I'm sure, you know, that some people rely on it. But on the other hand, my impression is that again, it's kind of something that's really only available to the affluence, yeah. and it it's incredibly wasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just you know, don't it, see it as sustainable. It, yeah, I'm, it I'm, seems a little. It seems to, a bit it rubs me the wrong way for the most part. But like, I haven't had. It seems it's like the opposite <coughs> of Costco, which which right. I I at first was horrified by the idea of Costco, yeah. like like just giant packages of you know i don't need meat a, a six months supply you of mean you don't need a 55 gallon drum of mayo yeah. right <laughs> or two of them What's side by side you? sometimes you, want, right? you know they're packaged together yes but in the end now that now that i've been shopping there for years or whatever i kind of feel like maybe all food delivery should sort of be like that well, because the you alternative to, yeah well use it. The, so there's yeah you know, talk about this process, right? Here here we have this tactile magazine, mm-hmm. but then we're talking about the process of actually going grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, last night during the football games, you know, Amazon is coming out now with their two-hour delivery, mm-hmm. you know, where you can mm-hmm. order your food, you know, yeah. from, I whole suspect, or- whole paycheck, yep, mm-hmm. whole paycheck. Whole, whole paycheck, yeah. Whole paycheck, I call it, <laughs> you know. Um you know, and, and you take out this whole process. You take out the the joy of going to a store and looking at produce, mm-hmm. you know, and picking it out yourself. Um, you know, I don't know what I, I don't know what I, that I, is. I think with all this stuff, when it comes to like any any way that we get our food from, kind of the the industrial system, which is maybe like fast food, maybe it's like food delivery, um, maybe it's you know like the meal kits or mm-hmm. it's or it's bite squad delivering mm-hmm. takeout uh or the amazon stuff i think overall what it does is you know the convenience of any of this stuff uh comes at a fairly high cost and i'm not talking just like out of your wallet in the moment and i think this is something that americans and like everyone in the world we've struggled with for a long time is like it's hard to see the costs of these convenient things and where they actually manifest because mm-hmm. it's usually way back down the chain. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, the workers of the Amazon warehouse who you know, are working under just terrible conditions right. and getting paid nothing and have no power, bargaining power. It's, right, but your stuff comes to you quickly. Yeah, it's the delivery mm-hmm. guy working for Bite Squad who's like probably working four jobs and is like barely getting by. Mm-hmm. It's the Uber drivers who don't have any you know, power to do anything. And, you know, it's just like, or, or the, or the, or the, you know, field hands picking strawberries who mm-hmm. are, you know, because we who have no rights and who are getting round. cancer yeah. from the, the, the pesticides, you know, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. or the, when you buy a, when you buy a, a, a cut of meat or some ground beef from like, you know, the big box supermarket and the people working in that slaughterhouse, I mean, uh, it, it, this, mm-hmm. this is the bigger thing that that gets fr- that gets frustrating and, to me. And, and and on the other end of it, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we live here in Minnesota, which also, you know, if you're luckily enough in the right communities, I mean, now the farmers markets, you know, sure. are. I mean, every weekend, you know, during the summer at least, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we have you a have variety access, of things yeah. to choose from. There's, right. you know, it, you know, it was a few years ago, I had some 
folks come in from Italy and, and they were so amazed. The one thing that they were so amazed about was the quantity of food, mm. you know, <laughs> like the, the choice, sure. you know, to be able to go to, you know, all of, you know, you've got Costco, Whole Foods, Farmer's Market, you know, yeah. but it, it, it's everywhere. It's, it is everywhere. Mm-hmm. It is, but we end but up it, with food deserts nonetheless. That's, and that's right. Exactly. And that's where I came full circle on Costco yep. is, is I sort of look at that like, in the end, a Costco seems to be moving toward like there's more organic options and mm-hmm. yeah you know there's a lot of is. there's a lot of yeah. decent food in there from what I can tell right yeah I think it's so. the number one meat yeah. uh, distributor I think in the yeah, country and, is Costco and uh, you know they seem to be an ethically conscious company as far as paying their employees and stuff that's sure. a, a thing that the mm-hmm. owner is concerned with but I, what I don't understand is why a place like that with all of the with all of what they have in the store, why they couldn't set up like a a smaller neighborhood satellite sure. version, yeah. so that yeah. so, so that these places yeah. that are food deserts could get mm-hmm. like even if they from what I also what I can tell Costco does sell a lot of the raw ingredients because they're kind of a wholesaler, right? That mm-hmm. that you might use to make high quality food. And it's very affordable, but again, it caters to the affluent because mm-hmm. it's always in the aff- affluent yeah. communities. I would, I something I think about a lot. I have, a, I actually just did a really fun point counterpoint debate with Jim Norton in the Growler that's coming out next month about like, is Minnesota food halls are a big trend right now? Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the the debate that we had is it was based on the question: Is Minnesota bad at food halls? Um, and I took the position that we are, he took the position that we aren't, but we actually kind of ended up like coming down onto the same points, which is that th- th- there's a lot of like underlying structural urban planning issues in this city and a lot of cities that prevent things like food halls from being as good as they could be. Uh, and and it, that it extrapolates out from just beyond food halls, but it's like an issue of like density and walkability and like food deserts and racial and ethnic and class segregation, yeah. Uh, depending on neighborhoods and like how freeways cut through the town and like did that kind of stuff. So that that was I bring it up because I think it relates in this way to like there's just so many structural ways that we could make improvements in the ways that we live and and work and kind of navigate our lives that would give more people more access to you know higher quality food in a convenient way like god what if we had a what if we had a bodega on every corner in, in I'm for, for the kids you know what I'm saying people can we do it for the kids for the kids mm-hmm. you know I, mean, I, I, I think about that all the time it's like when I'm in New York which you know New York is a whole different animal from Minneapolis but why can't we have like a bodega every oh, six like blocks the best, it's the know? best Just you can go in there and you need some stuff produce. you get some get an apple get a you yep. know a thing of diapers you can get your deli sandwich mm-hmm. uh whatever you need you know it's great right. instead of having to drive 20 miles to a target or something yeah that's um, that's where i, yep. I my my greatest dream stores. yeah my greatest dream is like <clears throat> is if minneapolis and st paul could eventually kind of like start start unlocking some of the things at like a molecular level in the city to help and I have that kind of like city feel and like convenience factor for people. Instead yeah. And of, I, instead of just these isolated. Things. I assume oh, as our yeah. density increases, they may have to like, that might be a natural byproduct of, of mm-hmm. den- more density. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah well, I think so. Man, this city is behind when it comes to that. I mean, look Big at time. I mean, you have oh. a downtown area that hasn't had a grocery store in years. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. now there are a couple. Sure. But I mean, I mean, food carts, like, 
yeah. like what I can't mm-hmm. can't get good food from a street vendor. Like, of course we can. You know, yeah. we've we've limited yeah. right. some of that yeah. opportunity for ourselves yeah. out of I don't know fear, I guess, or something. Yeah, I think if there were like a, just we need to legislate some of this stuff, man. Like, there needs to be, you know, every new building that goes up has to have like if if we had more affordable uh, commercial space, mm-hmm. like smaller right. commercial mm-hmm. spaces for like smaller businesses. Those barriers to entry are mm-hmm. lower, yeah. you know, instead of these giant 2000 square foot bays that can only be occupied by, you know, whatever. It's not going to be like a neighborhoody thing. Yeah. Uh, or like, you know, every building that goes up have to, has to have this percentage of affordable housing. You know, I mean, yep. we need, we need to start doing that stuff more often. And I think that will lead, that mm-hmm. will usher in density in a way that, that, won't happen if it's just luxury condos going up. I mean, density is one thing, but (laughs) density without diversity Mm -hmm. is another. And and not just ethnic diversity, but I'm talking like, you know, financial Mm -hmm. and um, anyway, that's, that's a whole healthy thing. ecosystem. But any healthy yeah, ecosystem. It's all connected, right? Has, mm-hmm. it's all it connected. is diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's all connected. All right, you guys. Well, we yeah. seem to have solved so many the problems. problems. We, we have know, solved it. So listen to this podcast. And right. This is your guide and, to and saving we'll, the world. We'll circle back to your launch of your brand new magazine. Yes. Yeah. It, so last moments here. You sure. want to plug anything you want to plug? plug yeah. Plug I would in. say, uh, you know, best thing to do is find us on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is at meal underscore magazine. Uh, we're really active there. And then our website is meal dash magazine.com. Um, those are kind of the resources and we're, we're planning some really wild events for 2020. That should be really fun. Uh, we've got our launch party, our official launch party for issue one happening on February 3rd. It is sold out, unfortunately. Um, well, it's, it's great that it's sold out, but uh, it's at Martina. It's yeah. at the Martina yeah. event space, and it's going to be super fun. Uh, uh, but we're going to be doing some really fun stuff down the road this year. And yeah, please subscribe. Um, we it's a beautiful thing that we created, and we're really proud of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm super psyched that it's in the world. And I'm like yeah, more than thrilled to be talking about it with you guys because it, uh, it is. Thank, a you, great, thank you so much for great, having me. Great, yeah, like thanks magazine. for coming. Yeah. yeah, it's been a treat. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just everyone talking at once. Oh, we alone. always talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, thanks. Thanks so much for coming in, Pete. Yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys. It's fun to kind of explore all the nooks and crannies of all yeah. this stuff. So thank you. A lot going all right. Thanks. All right, thank yeah. you. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.